Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals at Ryu Hotels and Resorts in Mexico, the Caribbean, and Central America. And enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is. We know Haney doesn't give a shit. Silencing critics, eliminate misses. Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better. Everybody knows the name. Read about it. We're golf teachers, Hall of Fame. Never doubt it. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. You're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth, here's our dude. You listen in the Haney. Listen in the Haney. Hey everybody, welcome into the Hank Kennedy Podcast. It's Minnesota Tim Parashka with you on this Sunday, bringing you a presentation of the best clips from the previous week. This clip comes from Monday's podcast. Hank and I, we broke down the stretch and the finale we saw in the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club the amount of bad shots down the stretch by Morikawa, Bryson DeChambeau, Justin Rose, Xander Shoffley. We broke all of that down in Monday's podcast. And you can go to Monday's podcast and hear that entire episode. DJ Tour is back underway with the winner of the Colonial Invitation, whatever. The Charles Schwab Challenge is what it was called. What do you yes. think? Yes. Oh, Hank, man. So when I was watching the Charles Schwab challenge, yeah. the first thing that came into my mind when the <laughs> players got the whole 16, 17, and 18 yeah. was the amount of choke jobs oh, that man. was happening. It wasn't just Tommy Fleetwood. Remember Tommy Fleetwood? He choked in the Honda Classic. And um, <laughs> you said he didn't. Yeah. And, you know, we went. we continued to go back and forth on that. Yeah. 
And this wasn't just one player. Xander, Bryson, Justin Rose, Colin Morikawa, well, Jordan Spieth. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did Justin Rose choke? I mean, leaving his putt short? Yeah. Well, I mean, all right. You want me to start in on this? I don't know. Do whatever I'm going to defend. I'm going to defend Justin Rose for sure. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Afterwards, he talked about because he left his putt short on the last hole. He had the putt to, to uh, tie, and, and you know he ended up uh, losing by a shot. Would have gotten him in a playoff. Would have been a three way playoff. Here's the thing: when you stand over a putt, you you have to. Take the normal mindset that you have. This is what Justin Rose explained afterwards. You can't just get up there and say, okay, I don't want to leave this short and then hit it too hard because every putt you hit, you have to marry the speed and the the, the distance or the speed and the direction, okay? The distance and the direction. And if you all of a sudden just say to yourself, I, I, whatever I do, don't leave this short, your tendency will be, to hit it too hard. And if you do that, then you have to adjust and play less breaks. So now you're doing something totally different than what you would normally do. So the best way to make a putt is to try to hit the ball the right speed. And this is, you know, all the pros think the same way. You saw this at the Champions for Charity match where Phil Mickelson was paired up with, with Tom Brady. And he kept giving Tom Brady the instructions, get your speed right, hit the putt the right speed, knowing that if you hit the putt the right speed, you have a chance to make the putt. If you don't hit the putt the right speed, the only chance you have is is to miss your read or your starting point by the same amount that you've missed the speed and you have now some combination of, okay, I hit it too hard, but I didn't play enough break, and then I made the putt. Not not the best way to putt if you're a great putter like a touring pro is. So they have to try to hit the putt the right speed. And that's, that's number one. You can't just stand up there and say, don't leave it short, and then hit it you know, 12 inches too hard, and then you miss your line. So that's what Justin Rose did, and he left it left it just short. And I will comment a lot of times when I'm uh, playing with the amateurs or watching amateur golfers, you know, play, and they'll hit a putt, and they'll hit it dead on the hole and leave it an inch short. And I, I will invariably tell them, nice try, good putt. I mean, that was one inch from being perfect. Whereas... Sometimes people hit a putt and they'll hit it like four feet too hard and it runs over the edge of the cup and they think they just missed. And I'm like, I mean, you hit it way too hard. Yeah, it almost, you know, went over the cup. It wouldn't have gone in even if it even if it did because it was going so fast. And it's just not the it's not the best way to putt. So I I give him a, a slack on 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 that. Okay, uh, I'm going to give Justin Rose slack on that, and I agree with his explanation that he had after after the round. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to defend Justin Rose on that. He he shot 66 the last round, uh, 68, 66 the last two rounds, and that was uh, a pretty pretty strong performance by him, especially given the fact that uh, you know so far this year he's done nothing, which is is like a, he had had a big big bunch of nothing. 
Now, we've had this big break, and, he, and he's obviously come out to play. But before this, he'd missed three out of the last four cuts. And this is his, you know, one, uh, you know, top top ten. He was 205th on the FedEx Cup going into the, the uh, Charles Schwab uh, invitation or what is this thing called? Challenge. Challenge. So whatever, yeah. Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, so I give him some slack. Now let's go. Let's talk about the other guys. Okay. Who else, who else she got choking? Oh, well, we got Xander, the um, putt on 17, the, what, two-footer. That was and a bad And then you putt. have um, Kalamorikawa on 17 as well. They were both on 17. Yeah, Shoffley, well, Shoffley's iron shot where he hits it left into the water, too, on whatever hole that was. That was 14 yeah, 15, or something. I mean, 15. 15. Okay, and that, you know, the pin was over on the right, and he's in the water on the left. I mean, that is a bad shot. I mean, that is mm. a really bad shot. He came, came back, made a nice putt. Um, you know, the, the, the putt on 17 though, that was not good. I mean, you know, listen, he's a, he's a, a statistically a very good player. He's, you know, high ranking in terms of the, the world, uh, rankings. I mean, going into, uh, colonial, he was, he was 12th. I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's a, he's a great player. You know, he's, 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 you know, one of those guys you got to keep an eye on for sure. But that was not a good putt. And, you know, he makes a lot of putts. It seems seems like him. He made one on, on 15. He made one on 16. But, you know, he he, he didn't he, – that was not good on, on 7. I, I don't know what you call. When you miss short putts like that, it's not good. Uh, you know, I think back to, you know, Tiger Woods and Mark O'Meara, two, you know, the players that I spent the most time around. And, I you know – in both of their careers, you know, you know, you know, I'm not comparing Mark to Tiger, but Mark is a Hall of Famer. In both of those careers, I don't ever remember them missing a putt like that when you know a tournament was on the line. That was that was not a good putt. There's no doubt about it. Okay, I want I want I want you to uh, analyze this theory and if there's any weight behind it or not. So I shared this with Jeff Shackelford as well on the Shack Show. And I want to hear what you have to say about it. So my theory about the short putts that Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley choked over is the fact that for the last three months, these guys have been playing at their home courses. They have not been playing on the PGA Tour because there was no PGA Tour to play on. So they've been picking up short putts and going on to the next hole and calling it good. So they haven't had any practice with these short putts, so they missed them. Well, that's uh, that's the excuse that Spieth used uh, at, during the first or second round when he missed some short ones, including a four putt, yeah, which you know is nice. I mean, it sounds good. I mean, one of those explanations that sounds good, especially if you say it fast. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean, Shoffley through the the. Uh, you know, beginning of the year, first 10 tournaments, whatever, he's 115th from four feet in. He was for, he hadn't missed from three feet. So that's his first miss from that distance all season. Now, all season is, what, 11 tournaments? Pretty good, though. I mean, I 230 attempts from three feet in uh, going into uh Colonial. I mean, he hadn't missed yet, but he he missed missed that one. 
And there, I think there's there definitely could be something to that. I mean, Spieth's a different story, though. Spieth, Spieth has problem on short putts, and we know that. I mean, you can just you can sit there and look at his at his putts. You can see his hand uh, occasionally quiver on short putts. Uh, that's a yip. Oh. Yeah, it, it, it's plain as it, yep. Oh, well, you know, nobody will ever say that, but it's plain as day if you're watching. It, it doesn't affect him on longer putts. He's 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 putting you know very very good and, and making a, a a bunch of putts, but it, it's plain as day on the short putts. If you know what you're looking looking for, it's it's it's, it's just right there staring you in the face. Now, having said that, Spieth finished first for the week in putting, uh, and and that's remarkable. I mean, just think about that for a second, because. I mean, how many short putts did he miss? Well, I mean, quite a few. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. I can remember four offhand, and I, I, I didn't like watch every single hole that he played. Yeah, but but he he had a four wiggle in there, and then a couple other shorties he missed for sure. And and yet, you miss four putts at least inside of four feet, and you finish first for the week in putting. I mean, that's. That's pretty incredible, really. Now that that is, uh, but he used that same that same reasoning, that same logic, is what he said. And he he said that, you know, I, I've been playing with my friends, and they're giving me all those putts. Uh, I mean, I understand they're his friends, but I don't know why anybody would ever give him a short putt. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it, it, he could miss them, and he needs to practice them too. That's a, that's a, that is a that is a good, a good point. That, that is a good point. Now I don't know, you know, uh, you mentioned uh, Morikawa, and you know he he missed a couple. I mean that what putty had on eighteen. Well, first off, he got lucky as all get out on eighteen. He drives it in the middle of the trees, and it somehow kicks down into the fairway. That's the break of all breaks. Now you have to capitalize on good breaks, and he did. He had a great iron shot in there, tremendous iron shot on eighteen. Now he's got a six footer maybe to win, and that's a slight right to left putt, which is the easiest putt you can get for a right-handed player. No speed issues. I mean, it wasn't like straight downhill or anything. And he misses that. That wasn't good. Then he misses the short one in the playoff. And this clip comes from Tuesday's podcast. So the tournament director for the Charles Schwab Challenge said he expected a six for a television rating. And it wasn't even close. You will not believe what the television rating got for the Charles Schwab Challenge. You can go to Tuesday's podcast and hear that entire episode. A little uh, television review from the uh, Colonial, the Charles Schwab uh, Challenge. You got some thoughts on that, I know. Yeah, so um, our favorite website, Um yeah. He has the article and summary of several different websites. So he pulls the ratings off of Showbuzz Daily or something. I follow them on Twitter, and that's where he gets them. Um, and then he also posted the CBS news whatever they call it the um i don't i can't even think of what it's called um when they publish a news story so okay cbs released the numbers for the charles schwab challenge and they oversold it 
They come with the CBS Sports delivers most watched <laughs> final round of the Charles Schwab Challenge in 16 years. So they really, really created a fancy and sexy title with it. Final round average, 3 million viewers, up 15% from last year. So CBS okay. was gushing about the broadcast. Okay. Do you think, by the way, do you think that's a lot, up 50% from from last year? I mean, last year they had a nothing field, and I and everybody, and I'm not, you know, trying to be down on this. It's just that when, when people were saying this is going to, you know, we're going to have the biggest audience ever, the ratings are going to be through the roof. I remember that tournament director from Colonial, and he's trying. I mean, I'm not, you know, I get where he's coming from, but we're going we're gonna to do a six rating and if tiger was playing it'd be a 10 and our ratings are going to be through the roof because everybody's dying for live sports on, on on tv i mean they may be dying for live sports but they're not dying to watch golf i mean golf is what it is i mean it's a it's a tremendous sport but it's a niche sport and it's a niche sport that you know you love i love uh, i mean i watched watch it all but i realized that you know, not everybody does. And and unless you're drawn from other sports, which is what they did for the, you know, uh, Champions for Charity match with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Tiger and, and Phil, you know, they, they had huge ratings, even on TBS. It just goes to show. I knew when they had that thing, that match, I knew this was going to be, it was going to expose how limited the guy. There's two things I knew was going to happen. As soon as they had that that Champions for Charity match, and then the first tournament back, like the, the, the Colonial or the Charles Schwab Challenge, that was going to expose just how limited the golf audience is, regardless of how starved you are for golf. It, it's just not. It, it's it's not going to make a difference. It's going to make a, a minimal amount of difference. Even with a great field, I mean, they've never they could never dream of having a field like that at Colonial, which just goes to show you for all these tournaments out there and these tournament directors that think we just need a better field, we need a better field, we need a better field. I mean, I've heard this for years and years and years. Honestly, it, it it makes a difference, but it really only makes a difference when one guy shows up because he transcends the the sport of golf, and he brings in you know people from just sports watchers will watch Tiger Woods. You know, even at this stage in his career, no matter how he's playing, they'll watch Tiger Woods. Now, if he's in the hunt, then it's even even all the better. But other than that. You know, you, you, yeah, you'll get a few more, but you're not you're not doing no six. You're not doing no ten. I mean, that's not you're not you're not doing Super Bowl or you know NFL numbers. It's not. It's just not happening, and it and it didn't. Yeah, yeah. the rating was a two point one. Okay, well, that's a long way from six. Yes, and and a real um, long way from ten. But it's good. It's nice. That's a good rating. Yeah, it was a nice rating. It's decent. Uh, Jeff yeah. Shackler makes some great points here on his website. One of his notes, he goes, this was the first live official PGA Tour event since mid-March. The network competition was non-existent. Fox's presentation of NASCAR was delayed by rain. NBC was airing the Beverly Hills Dog Show. Hank, I'm sure you're watching that. And ABC wheeled out the last dance replays. Wow. So it was really the only thing that was on TV and still... Still, it was a 2.1. Yeah, I was with some golfers on Monday, and I asked them, 
and they were passionate golfers. I was uh, filming filming something with my uh, friend Mike Abram, and uh, we were doing a little recording, and he was he was recording with with these amateur players, and they're all passionate golfers. They're getting ready to go play Monday afternoon, and I asked him. I said, "Did you watch the tournament yesterday?" And like you know, of three guys, one of the guys that watched the tournament. I mean, it 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 just is what it is. It's not you know. It, I I don't know if it matters as much as people think what the what the field is. Like I I just said earlier. Now the prestige of the tournament matters. I mean, if that was uh, if if they were playing the Masters, and we hadn't had sports on forever like we haven't. I mean, then it would be just like ridiculous. I mean, it would be crazy what the the ratings were. Uh, it, you know, I think even a U.S. Open or a, you know, with the right people playing, but you got to have the right people playing, uh, or the PGA Championship or you know the British Open, whatever. I mean, if it's a major championship and the you know right people are playing, if it's the Masters, doesn't matter who's who's there because well, somebody will be there because it's always always a great leaderboard but i don't think i don't think it, it it really is that dependent on what the field is or any of this other stuff i i think people's expectations were a little bit out of line this, this is about what i thought it would do which is very good i mean up 50 percent is nice but when you look at it and you say wow we haven't had any sports we're sports starved live sports you know, tremendous field other than Tiger not being there. It's as good as you can get. And that's all they did. Well, I mean, that's all they're going to do. That's just, that, that, that's just the thing is, but advertisers love it. Television, uh, you know, networks love it because you're reaching an audience that they want to get to. There, there might not be, you know, millions and millions and millions of viewers, but they're the right kind of audience. There are people that purchase things. There are people that purchase high ticket items. Golf's an expensive sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, to play it, you have to, you know, have have the equipment. You have to be able to pay for the greens fees or the country club dues or whatever whatever it is that you have to do to to play. It's not cheap, and that audience is treasured by by networks. And it's 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 more. The, the the audience than it is the size of the audience. I mean, they're not, they're, that's not that, that big. So it doesn't really, it, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that, you know, they're, they're not, uh, you know, getting this off the charts rating like people maybe thought they were going to, but then they, they, they definitely have the right audience and, and then people are, you know, advertisers are always going to want it. And that's why, that's why they pay a lot of money for golf or T- TV networks pay a lot of money for golf because they can sell that advertising because they're reaching a, you know, a demographic that it's, it's hard to reach on, on other shows. I mean, you talk about, you know, uh, Beverly Hills dog show, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm sure the Beverly Hills dog show was great, but an advertiser would, you know, if you, if, if they, if, even if they all have the same ratings, an advertiser would, would want to be on, you know, for a lot of items would want to be on the, the golf tournament. Just kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to see the Maverick Callaway driver advertise on the Beverly Hills dog show. No, 
No, you're not. That's a good point. You're not good. <laughs> no, but that, right. but you bring up a good point, Hank. I did see the Phil Mickelson Maverick Driver commercial from Callaway air so many times during the CBS broadcast. Yeah. Well, they, they're they're trying to, you know, get things going now that, that, that golf is going. But actually, you know, to be honest with you, golf is really going pretty darn good. I think the rounds of golf, are, despite the the fact that a lot of golf courses were closed for a long time, despite the fact that they had one rider per cart, and golf is is having you know a, a pretty decent year already. I think. I mean, I I mean, what what does uh, Uncle Tom say out there at Shadowbrook? I mean, what what's his what's his rounds of golf like? Yes, the year has been incredible, Hank, because... I know it has. Even though, and like you were saying, even though the year has been a slow start, there's nothing else to do outside other than golf. Yeah, yeah. And despite the one one rider per cart, which was the the rules in Texas for longer, my golf course at, at Texarkana, Texarkana Golf Ranch, I mean, our numbers are up for the year. And it's you know things are are moving moving right along. Your golf is is having a, a really really good good year, you know, a really good year. I mean, I, I look around at you know different activities, and you think about it. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, bowling's not good. Um, you know, it's it's golf, and you know, I tell you the other the other sport or activity that's just been booming is is bicycling. I mean, just people just buying and riding bicycles, just like 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 they're going out of style. It's been that that's been been booming too. So there's a, a few things that have, have thrived under this uh, pandemic and the whole lockdown and everything. And I think golf's done pretty darn good. I think this is going to be a a really good year for golf if you know things will continue to loosen up a little bit. But that remains that remains to be seen. Let's take a quick pause and hear from our sponsors. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton, you know, watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a Chill Mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on Chill Mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And this third clip comes from Wednesday's episode. Hank reacted to the split between Justin Rose and Sean Foley and also did a little betting preview for the RBC Heritage. Matchups, head-to-heads, and who he liked to win the RBC Heritage. You can go to Wednesday's podcast and hear that entire episode. All right, so this week, another great field, right, at uh, the Heritage. I mean, guys are dying to get in, in the action. I mean, I know Tiger's still not there. Um, any, anybody that didn't show up uh, last week that that is there, I'm sure Adam Scott's still not playing. Um, you know, what? but they have the top, the top five are there, right? Yeah, yep. Rory, JT, Rom, Dustin Johnson, and Brooks Kepka are all there. Xander Shoffley and Colin Morikawa are showing up. Okay. Justin Rose, who separated from Sean Foley, that announcement came today. Um, he's showing up. Patrick Reed, Sung J.M., Webb Simpson. Spieth is showing up again. So we have another stacked field this week. The players that sat out last week continue to be the guys that um, didn't show up this week either. I'm surprised Cantley isn't there. Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, those aren't surprises. We we touched on Tiger a little bit yesterday about um, his possibility and surprise that he's not playing here at Hilton Head. So um, pretty much the exact same field this week at the RBC Heritage, Hank, um, as it was last week at Colonial. Yeah. Oh, so uh, the the Justin Rose news with the uh, is Sean Foley. Uh, w- what was that all about? Now he's 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 out with Foley. Yep. There was a um, there was a report by the Telegraph that Justin Rose, and so you have to pay to access this website. But they had a little preview of it, a little first paragraph, and. Okay. Um, you can read the first paragraph, and it says, Justin Rose ends 11-year partnership with coach Sean Foley. So I wasn't really able to read the entire thing and dive into the details of it, 
but I was able to read the first paragraph and um, yeah, he separated from Sean Foley. So I guess we'll see what happens with Justin Rose. He's going through a lot of changes right now with leaving Hanma. Now he's leaving Sean Foley. I mean, his game's been absolutely terrible for the last year and a half. And last week he found something at Colonial. So maybe he's reinventing himself similar to the way Tiger Woods did. And uh, he'll find his game again. Yeah. Well, Justin Rose has been a consistent uh, top ball striker on the PGA Tour. His statistics haven't been good. I'll make a a, a guess that he – he had already been working on something else or working by himself or uh, in in the process of working with somebody else already before this because he didn't all of a sudden uh, lose by a shot last week and then decide to uh, fire his coach. That that didn't happen. So it, it had already happened. And then uh, it just it just got announced or it's just getting announced. But that happens. I mean, you know, it, it – Listen, if if you coach, uh, you know, long enough, you're gonna have you're gonna have players leave. It's just part of the deal. Uh, they 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 come and go. I always thought as a coach that you know when I had a player that I was working with, I mean, I thought, listen, every time they miss a cut, I thought, okay, you know, tomorrow could be my last day, or yesterday could have been my last day. I mean, you just, it's just the the way it is with with coaching and especially in golf. I mean, you can you can change your clubs, you can change your caddy, you can change your coach. I mean, that's the only thing you can do. I mean, it's not like, you know, football. I mean, they can change the position coach, they can change a uh, offensive or defensive coordinator, they can uh change a head co- coach. You know, they can change a general manager. I mean, there's just a lot of changes you can make. Golf, there's not so many. I mean, it's pretty, it's an individual sport and it's up to you. And when things aren't working out, then it's 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 probably time to go in a new direction. I, I was here's here's my take on Justin Rose's swing. I've always thought he's had a really good swing. I've thought for the last couple of years he's made some very weird looking practice swings. Okay, very weird looking practice swings. Now, a lot of times, what happens is is if you're gonna really create a change in your swing, a great way to do it in an expedited manner is, expedited manner, I should say, uh, is, is to exaggerate. I mean, you have to you have to exaggerate what you're trying to do in order to affect the change. And my thought with Justin Rose is I thought, if he ever actually starts to make his practice swing or something that really does look like his practice swing, he would not hit it very good. So who, who knows, who knows what, what, what happened, but uh, he, he's always had a good swing. I, when you have a, a good swing and he, he hasn't had a good swing, he's had a great swing. When you have a great swing, I, I, I never understood why he took such exaggerated practice swings. I just didn't feel like they were necessary. I'm like, what, what is he trying to change that's so bad that needs that exaggerated of a, of a practice swing? But uh, we'll see, we'll see what, what happens now. Uh, you know, after watching on uh, Sunday, I, I don't recall him taking you know those exaggerated practice swings. So that should have been a little clue that he was he was headed in a a little bit different uh, direction, but uh, who knows? We'll see. 
10 PGA Tour wins for Justin Rose in his career with the 2013 U.S. Open. And here's a statement from Justin Rose. Um, he goes, I spent the last three months working on my game at home. I made a lot of progress and wanted to keep that momentum going when I returned to competition in Fort Worth. I felt like it was a good time to take complete ownership of my swing and game. That idea is something Sean has always wanted for me. Yeah, that's a, just a, that's a soft landing for a guy is what it is. That's <laughs> yeah. what you call, that's what you call uh, landing softly. That's what that is. Yes. Yeah. That's another, that's another way to, to say, uh, you know, I, I, I did it on my own for the last three months and I finished one shot out. I'd been playing like uh, absolute crap before that. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing now. It's uh, we're moving on to Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> we're moving on to Cincinnati. We hey, are. Justin That's Rose. Yeah, I can feel you, man. I feel you. I feel you. Young bro- <laughs> I feel you, my brother. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, Bill Belichick. We're moving on to Cincinnati and Temporatska. When you, uh, after you have one date with a girl, it seems like uh, the next day it's always we're moving on to Cincinnati. Yeah. On to the next one. Man. You're you're the one date special. I'm the one date wonder. Yeah. You're the one date wonder. All right. We got some uh, uh, matchups we want to talk about first for the uh, heritage. I want to, I I had a, I actually had a winning week last week. That puts me above 500 for the year, uh, which I'm uh, very proud of considering the fact that it was, it's been a battle. Uh, I actually, the, the aforementioned Justin Rose, uh, taking down Jordan Spieth on Sunday. Uh, I thought I was looking at a four and one week, but I ended up being three and two because Justin Rose came out of nowhere to take down <laughs> Spieth. But yeah. that's the way it goes. Uh, we'll see how we do we, we do the, the, this week. Uh, what do we got? Yeah, so matchup number one. Plus, we have a caddy challenge that we can get to as okay. well. I like it. Caddy John? Yeah, caddy John challenge. We'll save that okay. for last. Okay. Um, so... Matchup. How did the Kenny John challenge go last week? What, what did uh... it was uh, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, or Ricky Fowler, the Spring Breakers, and um, you okay. and Kenny John both picked Jordan Spieth in that, and Justin Thomas was okay. the leader in the clubhouse yeah. in that area. But it was close. It was yeah, close. it was close. You guys took yeah. the underdog. So all right, matchup number yeah. one. We got John okay. Rom, the number two player in the world. He's even, so one hundred for one hundred there. Versus Justin Thomas, minus 130. He moved up to number three in the world this past week. Um, and Kepka moved to number four. So last week, John Rahm missed the cut. He's never played this event before. And uh, last week, Justin Thomas, he tied for 10th. And um, he's played here twice. In 2016, he was 75th. And in 2015, he tied for 11th. So John yeah. Rahm, even Justin Thomas, minus 130. Yeah, Justin Thomas. He's moved up to third in the, in the world. The the reason I would pick Justin Thomas here is because of the fact that if you've never played a golf course and you're going in there blind, that is. I mean, I, I understand you only it's only blind the first time you play it, you know. And he'll play a couple practice rounds and and he'll get a little feel for it. But Justin Thomas has played this event twice, so he's he's played the golf course and. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas, I'm sure, has played this course in junior golf and college golf. And, and uh, you know, it's not he's not just played it a couple of times. Now, maybe Rahm has played it in a college event sometime. I don't know. But I, I don't know if Arizona State 
played it at the Hilton Head, you know, college tournament. I, it's just it's just, it's a big spot, and it's one of the reasons why rookies uh, have a, a, a big disadvantage on the PGA Tour. They're playing their golf courses for the first time, and they're playing against guys who have who've played the golf course a lot. Uh, and Justin Thomas knows the course. Hilton Head's a course where you really have to know where to hit it and, and what club to hit off the tee. And you may figure that out in a practice round, and then all of a sudden the wind blows a totally different direction. And now you're, you're really seeing a golf course for the first time that you've never seen before because you've only seen it with a south wind, and now all of a sudden there's a north wind, or you've only seen it with an east wind, and now all of a sudden there's a west wind. Uh, it's just it's it's a lot to to give up. I mean, I have a hard time betting betting uh, with somebody who's never played a course. So I'll go Justin Thomas. All right, let's take our second pause and hear from our sponsors. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's chill mattresses beat the heat with ultra cool covers that whisk away heat so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the chill collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. 
With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. This clip comes from Thursday's episode. Hank invited a random listener and had a lesson with him over the phone to try and improve his game. And you can qualify for this by sending in a detailed message of your game to HankCandyGolfAndOutlook.com. This was listener special number one. Hank gave great tips, and even you can learn from them. So you can go to Thursday's podcast and hear that entire episode. Uh, pay attention uh, to the Hank Kenny podcast, and we're going to help you help you play better golf. So let's get started with uh, Jonathan Porter. All right, Jonathan, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good, Hank. Very happy to be on here. I saw that offer on Twitter, and it was something that you being one of my favorite golf coaches, I had to take up on it. Well, I appreciate it. I, pre- I appreciate appreciate uh, being one of your favorites. It's always nice to have a fan. Uh, Tell, tell us about your game a little bit. So I played one year at NAIA Northwest Christian for college golf, and it was something that I didn't know what it took to really buckle down and grind to be a good player. I've always enjoyed playing golf. It was something I picked up. I was probably 15, and I'm 25 now, so I'm still fairly young in the game. And... Now I'm just going around playing USAM qualifiers and just Oregon golf events. Where do you live now? Eugene, Oregon. All right. Good golfing area there, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, with Eugene Country Club hosting NTA championships a few years ago, I've been able to play there once before. Very nice course. Still have yet to go out to Bandon. That's on the bucket list. That's on mine too. I've never played there either. I got, I got, I've got um, a lot of friends that have gone there, and they always are telling me about it. I got, I got to get there sometime for sure. What did you did you grow up in Reno? Is that where you grew up? Yeah, I grew up Carson City, so 10, 15 minute drive from Reno. And I had the Reno Tahoe Open, then renamed the Barracuda. That I used to go to every summer and watch. I believe this year they're moving it to Old Greenwood. All right. Up in Truckee. But, I mean, I used to go there and watch guys like Patrick Rogers, and I watched Colin Morikawa get his first career win there. What do you think of his game? He hit the ball very flush. You watched that Colonial the other day? Did you watch Colonial? I mean, uh, boy, I thought he was going to win that. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a big fan of Bryson's. I mean, just watching that 17th hole with Morikawa, Bryson, and Xander was just, oh, <laughs> that just hurts to watch. Just all three of those guys with a chance to really win that tournament mess it up on 17. Yeah, no doubt about it. What do you think about Bryson and his distance? I know that's something you're after is more distance. Yeah, I mean, me being 5'10", I would like, I would like Bryson distance. I mean, he, I, I follow him on Instagram. I've seen him constantly in the gym, and it's something that, hey, when you're first in strokes in off the tee and first in distance, he's backing it up. I think four straight top fives. Yep. 
Yeah, he's doing. He's been pretty good. He's been. You study the statistics, huh? Yeah, oh, I'm big numbers. It doesn't matter the sport. I mean, I read your book, Big Miss, and really understood like Tiger's game and understanding all the statistics. I've used the TaylorMade app for strokes gain to see where I really need to improve. All right, so let's talk about your game. T- tell me, t- analyze your game for me for a second here. Fairly straight, not very long, and big inconsistencies are in contact. Uh, whether it's thin, a little fat, I mean, the ball's going to go straight, just not the distance I want because of the not solid contact. Okay, so mo- mostly mostly miss hits. I, 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 what do you think that's going to do for you if you if you hit it more solid? You're going to hit more greens in regulation. You're going to get the ball closer to the hole. Uh, how, how many how many greens in regulation do you typically hit? Anywhere from twelve to thirteen. So I mean, it's not awful, but proximity to the hole really isn't giving me best chances for par. You know, what do you what are you shooting? What, what's your what's your handicap right now? Probably about a four or five. Okay. Well, if you're if you're hitting twelve or thirteen greens, and you're a four or five, the the answer to the to the puzzle is not necessarily hitting it closer to the hole, unless you're just three putting all over the place. But even even then, I would say you need to work on your your lag putting on, on that case because twelve or thirteen greens round. I mean, the best in the world. What will hit about thirteen and a half to fourteen greens? They're not hitting. They're not hitting eighteen greens. They're not hitting seventeen greens. They're hitting hitting, you know, twelve, thirteen greens. If you're in that in that category right there, uh, I mean, you're in you're in pretty good shape. Now I know you've heard me talk about eliminating penalty shots, two chips, and three putts. Yep. Uh, how would you How would you analyze your game in 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 that area right there? Avoiding the two chips. Uh, that's one that. Uh, it comes from me being like creative and aggressive. There's a lot of different shots I want to try to hit instead of hitting the more safe shots. Uh, as far as putting goes, I mean, I probably have two, three putts around. Okay, well, that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, that's a lot for a scratch player, and that's you know what you aspire to be be for sure. Uh, if you know you you shooting in the seventies, you're a four or five handicap. You're aspiring to be a, 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 a scratch. But what's the lowest score you've ever shot in your life? Sixty eight. Okay. Uh, what's the lowest score you've ever shot in a tournament? Tournament seventy three. Okay. What's the lowest score you've ever shot for nine holes? Thirty one. All right. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. That that that's. That shows a lot of potential right there. Okay, so the the two three putts that's an area of concern. Now, would you say when when you you three putt is it more uh, missing short putts or not getting the first putt close enough? Oh, first putt. Not getting the first putt close enough. What what do you do to practice that? Do you do anything to practice that? Uh, a lot of it, the left, just the kind of just that tiger style, just that uh, left hand get the feeling of kind of the speed of the greens. Okay. Uh, but honestly, reading greens has just been a struggle for me visually. All right. Well, I mean, the the biggest problem though is is the first thing you got to get is you got to pick the low hanging fruit. So the low hanging fruit is the three putts, and if you've got two three putts around, I mean, right right there, 
I mean, you, you could cut your handicap in half or at least take a shot off it. I mean, if you're a four handicap and you take a shot off your handicap, I mean, that's a big that's a big improvement. I mean, it, the strokes are hard to come by when you're a, a four or five handicap. They're much easier to come by when you're, you know, shooting 100 or you're a 36 handicap. Uh, so so right away, I mean, the, the three putts are, are a place that I would, you know, really, really start to, to focus in on. Uh, keep track of it every every round you play. If it's your lag putting, then that's you know reading the greens. You know can be an issue, but if if you're you know not getting your first putt close enough, either you're playing way too much break, or you're not playing enough break. Now the fact of the matter is is that eighty five percent of all putts are missed on the low side of the hole. And so. If if the reading the break is contributing to your three putting, in all likelihood, it just means you're not playing enough break, and that's and, and and there's not like a secret to, you know, reading the greens. Although you could take a a, a class, you could take one of those aim point classes, uh, and they're they're a great way to learn how to to read greens. You you learn you learn by measuring the slope of the ground that you're standing on, and you give it a of a one, two, or three percent factor, and and then there's different calculations for different distances and the speed of the greens. But it's a, a fairly simple method, and it's a class. And I'll tell you, uh, I've taken, and and I it's it's one that I I would recommend to anybody that like struggles with their uh, greens reading. But but just just in general, what I I tell people is. Yeah, you know, just just figure out. Okay, I mean, do you, are you underplaying the break or are you overplaying the break? Most likely, you're underplaying the break. And like I tell people, just play more. It's, it sounds you know so, so simple and stupid, but play more break than you think. I mean, that's just that's just a general rule. Play more break than you think. If you think it breaks, you know, an inch, try two or three. If you think it breaks a foot. Uh, try a foot and a half or two feet. If you if you're on a long pot and it's a lag pot and it's got a big break to it, and you think it's going to break, you know, six feet. I mean, try ten feet, uh, because when you're trying to get the ball close to the hole, obviously as the ball's dying, it's it's going to be getting closer to the hole if you've played a, a sufficient enough a break, or even if you've played too much break. The other thing that playing more break does is it gets you to hit the ball the right speed. Instinctively, if you're not playing enough break, you're going to always hit the ball harder than you should to try to keep it on line. And then when you do that, you've missed on the you know low side, you didn't play enough break, and you hit it too hard, and and now you, you're leaving yourself a lot longer putt. So that would be my, my putting advice. More practice on the lag putting. Uh, play more break than you think. Uh, maybe even uh, if you're having trouble with reading the greens, I would research the aim point and see about, uh, you know, taking a class on that because it's, it's, it's really, really good. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning into this Sunday Best of, a presentation of the best clips from the previous week. Follow the Hank Haney podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Hank will be back again tomorrow to react to the RBC Heritage. The Hank Haney podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.